T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome on in, everybody. It's Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot of news to get to, uh, a lot of action to react to. We'll start off, of course, with the welterweight championship of the world, which was on the line last night in Dallas, Texas. The true Daryl Spence back in the ring taking on Danny Garcia. Uh, solid win last night for, for Errol Spence. Really don't have any issues as far as the scores are concerned. Any of that stuff, I, I had at 116, 112, uh, which what two of the judges had. One judge had at 117, 113. I think the only person who had a real beef with it was Brian Kenny. I'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but I thought it was a good performance by Errol Spence. You know, I thought that, you know, he was, uh, was I thought it was just a, a solid win all around against a really good opponent. There's not really much you can criticize Errol Spence for in this fight. Other than maybe you want to say uh, didn't quite have the killer instinct, you know, didn't really go for broke at the end. But I thought like his point was proven. Um, we, I, you know, I said going into this fight, I thought it was going to be very similar to the Mikey Garcia fight. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it was similar in that uh, I don't think that Arrow really felt in danger at any point. But I do think that Danny presented more challenges, certainly, and quite obviously more than Mikey did. Um, size difference was apparent. The idea that there really wasn't a power uh, problem that he could present to Arrow was evident. Although he did, you know, he did try and uncork a couple of them. He probably needed to go um, risk it all a little bit more because you could just tell early on in that fight there was no shot Danny was going to win a uh, was going to win himself a decision. You know the 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 punches weren't moving Errol enough. Uh, you're in Errol's hometown. It's just not set up for him to go win a fight like that. So, you know, some of those overhand rights that he uncorked late and, and some of those big shots that he was trying to throw at Errol probably needed a little bit more of that. Maybe he risks himself getting knocked out, but I don't I I felt like the other path to victory just it wasn't possible. And we know that Danny's, you know, a guy who usually is is uh is looking to react off of somebody's move. And I don't even think that you know, they kept saying, you know, do you have to bring the fight to Errol? I didn't necessarily think that was totally necessary here. You know, he's not the same style as a Showtime Sean Porter is. Um, but I did think that, you know, there had to be a little bit more of uh, – he had to take more advantage of those openings uh, and maybe and maybe risk it a little bit more uh, once those were there. And, yeah, maybe you risk Errol coming back with something a little bit more vicious. But uh, – yeah, I think for a guy coming off of a car accident where he gets tossed from the vehicle, he takes a challenge like this, he beats a guy of Danny Garcia's caliber, uh, 
there's not much that you could uh there's not much i really want to uh poo-poo on uh spence's performance i thought it was a really good performance i think that he clearly shows that he's still um you know arguably the best welterweight on the planet i think that the one thing we all come out of this is that we'd like that argument to be settled i thought that it was great that terrence crawford was in the building uh that he showed up for the fight i thought that uh you know with the 60 40 back and forth that's going on between them i thought that that you know bud might have uh thought that move was a little bit beneath him you know maybe would have uh I think maybe would have looked upon that as a, a showing that, oh, okay, Errol is the man or something like that. But I, I think it's a smart business move. I think you go and you make that maneuver to uh, to go to that fight. You make that maneuver to go to that fight, and, you know, people get interested in it. And, and, and to my surprise, uh, the Fox broadcast, which I wasn't a huge fan of tonight, uh, did a good job of mentioning him, uh, showing him on camera, uh, he even got booed by the people in town, which I thought was cool that uh, that Dallas, Texas had a reaction to him. And I think that was cool that they were supporting their guy. I think that if they were to fight, I wouldn't even think it would be a bad thing to even put it in Dallas because at least you'll have, you know, kind of a uh, one way or the other that it goes as far as crowd reaction. I thought that was cool that, that Dallas had that kind of showing for him. The only thing that I have a real problem with is that he wasn't asked about it uh, in the post-fight interview. And I didn't know, I don't, it escapes me who the ringside reporter was. I apologize for that. But I don't know if that person's being told by the producer, I don't press the Terrence Crawford thing. You know, it is a PBC Al Hamer production. But the thing that I'm just surprised by is that why show him on television? Why talk about him before the ring walks if you're not going to ask about him afterwards? You know, and there is talk that, that, that Terrence may jump to PBC. So, I thought that that would have been a good look uh, instead of, you know, maybe doing something to not, you know, ruffle the feathers of Errol Spence. You know, getting back to the action of it, you know, I thought that we just saw a big strength, you know, advantage from Errol early on. And I'm just kind of going back on my notes, looking at it. Um, you know, I thought the first three rounds, you know, I, I had Errol shutting it out. Thought Garcia got back in it on the fourth. You know, he was scoring a little bit more clean. Um, you know, one of the things that bothered me, you know, on the broad, I felt like they were narrative writing already. Like they weren't reacting to what was happening in front of them. And I thought that they missed rounds where Danny was scoring clean. Um, and then we're missing the rounds where Arrow was having better rounds because, you know, I felt like they were always reacting to the round before rather than what was going on in front of them. But, um, you know, this fight I thought was really, you know, the big difference of it was like five through eight, nine was just such a clean slate for Errol Spence and, and really just took over it. He really didn't have any pushback from from Danny. His eye was closing up a little bit. So there was some damage that was getting inflicting. And then I thought in the end of the fight, Danny kind of worked his way back into it as far as picking up some rounds, but I didn't really think that it was enough for him uh to get back in it to win so look it's a good win for errol spence uh you know he now takes out another former champion um i you know i would like to see him you know get in there you know we saw with sean you know he can get in the rough and tumble and win fights like this i think he's showing good signs as a champion you know he's winning fights against guys who are you know you would say supposedly more skilled 
you know, you, you could see the hand speed of, of Danny Garcia. I did think he was able to sneak some stuff, some some crafty stuff through every now and then on Arrow. I just didn't think that Arrow was bothered by it. You know, he's he's uh, he's just he was just kind of eating it and going. And, and so, you know, there wasn't really anything that Danny could hit him with uh, to really bother him. But we saw even in there, you know, they brought up the Sean Porter fight. You know, we've seen him win rough and tumble fights and. And really pull one out where it could have gone badly for him. Uh, the Mikey Garcia fight was a complete blowout. So, you know, he's uh, he's shown right now as a champion in his, you know, realm here. His reign of like six fights. Uh, a lot of different ways to win. Um, I thought that the Mikey Garcia fight, you know, it was just such a shutout. Such a great boxing performance that nobody really knew that he was capable of. Uh, I guess the guy that many thought had just better boxing boxing skills than Errol did. And they thought that he was going to be the mall. We haven't really seen Errol Spence, the mauler uh, lately. And I think that's going to be interesting when it comes to him fighting Terrence Crawford. I think one of the things that I did come out of this fight thinking, um, and I, you know, look, I, I will put the caveat to it. Yeah. I know Errol was coming off of the car accident and this is, a, you know, balls on him to go take a challenge like Danny Garcia. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, I want to make that, Clear. I like Errol Spence. I think Errol Spence is a, 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 a good, a really, I mean, I think he's a, you know, I don't even think good is right. I think he's an elite fighter. Um, I think he's got a, a really cool personality. It reminds me a lot of Roy Jones. Uh, I liked how afterwards he was talking about, you know, after the, the win, they asked him what he wants to do. He just wants to go to his ranch, be with his chickens, you know, be with his animals, um, you know, but he's, he's shown a lot of great versatility. Um, you know, I've covered one of his fights live. I got to cover the Mikey Garcia fight. Uh, I thought that he had a lot of charisma. And so I think he's, I think he's a fun face for boxing, but, um, I did think that I, I do think that he has shown, uh, an ability and has shown, um, I should say a vulnerability that he can get hit, uh, that, that he will eat some shots and, he has been taken on, you know, the lollipop killed a little bit lately. You know, he has been taken on guys that he is a lot bigger than and that he should be able to bully around and dictate the distance and dictate ring control. He should be able to do all that stuff and that th they can't return a lot of fire. I thought some of the shots that Danny Garcia hit him with tonight, if that were Terrence Crawford returning fire, a true welterweight, a switch hitter, a guy who hits with bad intentions, not a guy who's, you know, content, a guy who can uh, who can definitely, you know, dictate pace, fight back, can really do it all. I mean, Terrence Crawford can do it all. I mean, knock his resume all you want. You watch the style, the way the guy fights. The guy has uh, no chink in the armor. And the only thing that's really hurt him really has been uh, promotional mishaps and age, I guess, as you could say. But it's not like we're talking about a, 25 year old Errol Spence you know he's on the other side of 30 he's clearly lived hard uh and and is you know walking away from giant car wrecks so you know I, I don't know if that's a huge advantage for him quite yet I I did think that yeah we've we've seen now in his last couple of fights it's a guy who gets hit a guy who can be if if, if uh somebody stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with him uh, can take, uh, can get hit a little bit. And I do think that if it's Terrence Crawford on the other side of that, with his skill, with his powerful, with as versatile as he is, I think that's a problem for him. I don't know if there's that, uh, 
you know, that 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 second weapon that Errol could really go to. Um, you know, I almost think that, you know, his best way to go win that fight is to, you know, keep the distance, to keep it uh, at, a, uh, at, a, at, a, at a safer, safer place for himself. Um, much like he did in a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of the, of the Mikey Garcia fight, you know, but I just think, you know, watching Terrence go in there and, uh, and, and do what he did the last time to Kell Brook, not to boxing math it and say, oh, well, you know, Errol was able to break his orbital bone, you know, Terrence beat damaged goods. Yeah, maybe, I guess, but he, uh, he, he's did it viciously and did it highlight style. And I just think that. Um, he's just got so many, so many tools in that Swiss army knife. That is, uh, his, his, his ability. The question is like, what does it take to get this done? You know, you did have Manny Pacquiao tweet about Errol Spence after the fight. Is that a possibility? I just find it surprising. Look, let me tell you something. If, if, uh, if, if Manny goes in there and is able to, uh, is able to, is is gonna go fight Errol Spence at his age? I mean, the 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 absolute grapefruits on Manny uh, Manny Pacquiao to go do that is absolutely crazy. Uh, there has been some rumblings of would Errol Spence move up to go fight Canelo at middleweight? Um, you know, I think that that would be an interesting one for sure. But I just think that this legacy would be for both of the guys would just be unfulfilled if they didn't get this done first. I think for an Errol Spence, if you want to go beat Canelo Alvarez, who also has his own business that he has to take care of at 168, uh, plenty of fights there. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough fight to make anyway, as far, I guess it's not because, you know, Canelo is technically on a one fight deal right now, but you know, if I was anybody else, if I was in the middleweight stable of the the like if I was if I was Jamal Charlo and I found out that PBC was going to make a fight with uh Canelo Alvarez and they weren't going to make it with me, I'd be pissed. You know, and they've already done the 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 cross town thing before with Tyson and Deontay Wilder. There's just no good reason for them not to fight each other. There's not it, they're clearly the two best in the division. I realize what Canelo brings from a uh, a box office standpoint, but I got to be honest with you. You know, Canelo versus Errol Spence. I'm sure it would do great money. I'm sure it would do huge numbers. But I think that I think that Errol versus Terrence, I think would do good numbers too. I really, really do. You know, we've just seen now uh, Mike Tyson. Just do over a million pay-per-view buys at 54 years old. Better than anything boxing has to offer. The only thing that came close was the uh, the heavyweight title fight between Deontay and Tyson Fury. And T Mike Tyson and Roy Jones smoked that. Now, it was cheaper. I will I will put that caveat. It was, uh, it was cheaper. So I'm no mathematician, but I think maybe it was the same gross between the both of them. But even still, just quantity-wise... Uh, Mike Tyson did better numbers at 54 years old than Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury in their rematch. So I don't know, man. I just think that if you're Errol, if you're Errol Spence, um, look, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to go out there and, uh, and call you, uh, afraid to fight anybody. If you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to go call Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is an absolute monster. He's beaten light heavyweights. Um, you know, that guy has been an absolute stud for a long time. You know, I don't think I gotta, I don't think I gotta sell anybody of that, but a piece of me would be disappointed because you're, you're really going to walk away from this division, uh, without this question being answered. That, that bums me out. That, that would bump me out. You know, I think that if you're, if you're at this, this point of your career and you've beaten the former champs and everybody, basically PBC's thrown at you, there's nobody really left for them to throw at him. Um, you know, they've kind of, he's run off through all the, I mean, outside of Keith Thurman, who just lost to Manny Pacquiao. There's one thing left to do. And I think that him versus Canelo fine do it but it should wait and if i'm canelo quite frankly um if i'm canelo i'm like all right yeah errol spence cool but i still think you got to kind of sharpen the edge a little bit for me to be willing to step in the ring with you uh because i'm the one taking all the risk there if you're canelo alvarez uh, I'll hear you out if I'm if you, if it's Errol Spence, the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. You go beat Terrence Crawford. All right, then we can have a talk. Uh, you know, and then, and then I'm saying, okay, that's a it's a monster blockbuster fight, and it's I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Errol Spence you know, setting the groundwork for this. But it, you know, to me, it's the same thing with the Manny Pacquiao thing. Like, why should Manny Pacquiao have to go fight? Uh, Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford. Why should he have to go be their cash cow? This guy's fought, he fought everybody in every division there was to fight for decades. And Canelo too. You know, Canelo has taken, you know, monster fight after monster fight after monster fight. Uh, has come close to losing plenty of times. And all the fans are clamoring for an undisputed welterweight champion. And you're sitting here and you want to go fight Canelo? I'm not saying it's soft. I'm just saying it's disappointing that you're going to just leave the leave the throne like that with uh with somebody else being able to claim all the belts cuz that's you know that's what I think would happen. I think that if all right, so Errol's going to leave, I would imagine everything's vacated and man, I would imagine Terence Crawford probably walks into PBC and whoops everybody's ass and takes all the gold there and you know, it, I I just I I I would be uh I would be bummed out by that. But we'll see. You know, they didn't even mention him on the broadcast tonight. So I can't say that tonight may be any more optimistic that it would happen. Uh, but if anybody, you know, did more to try and make it happen, Terrence Crawford showing up to the fight, I thought it was a cool showing by him. And I think it would have been uh it would have been nice if Fox on their broadcast would have acknowledged uh that in the post fight interview. And, you know, maybe we could have gotten him on the record about that. We're back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on the ticket as we continue on. I want to mention one thing before we move on because I got a lot of news to get to from the week of fighting that was. Uh, so I want to mention a couple things from the broadcast. First of all, um, great undercard. I want to first you know, point that out. I thought that was a, a really uh, fun card. Eduardo Ramirez, nasty KO against Miguel Flores. To start off tonight, Josecito Lopez, I mean, he gave the business to Francisco Santana. Probably a fight that should have been stopped. I know this was a big debate. Uh, eventually was in the 10th round. Arguments were, should the corner have stepped in earlier? 
I don't know. Uh, I think there probably could have been an argument in the ninth round when it got dropped. That probably would have been enough. So was it an extra round too much? Maybe. Um, but Josezito Lopez definitely opened up a huge can of whoop-ass on him. Really, really impressive performance by him. I know people get uh, got freaked out by it too. Goosen was uh, upset on the broadcast that as a trainer, he would have stopped it uh, a lot earlier. I do wonder this. Uh, it, it didn't make me wonder this, and I don't want this to make it seem like I'm blaming uh, anybody, but I do wonder in boxing, you know, we've recently seen what happened to uh, Deontay Wilder, what he did with his trainer, and uh, it was it was one of those moves where you're like, when he fired Mark Breland for throwing in the tile against Tyson Fury, I wonder if that's going to hinder a lot of trainers doing that you know boxers are guys who want to go out on their shield you know they've put all this into it they all say they want to die in the ring and it's 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 a it's a different mindset man listen it's not one that i want to uh to to criticize or poke at i don't understand that because i haven't put myself in that mind frame of combat so um i don't know but, you know, the whole thing with Mark Breland is just pissed at him because he felt like Mark Breland sabotaged the fight, uh, went against orders that he was never, ever to do that. And I do wonder that if other fighters have told their trainers, yeah, don't do that. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Mark Breland. I don't know that to be the case with with uh, with Santana's fighters, but I do. it did make me wonder if there was going to be a trickle down from that because it was a very high profile fight. Deontay Wilder is obviously a huge star in boxing. Uh, the star of the night though, other than, uh, Errol Spence, uh, kicking the crap out of Danny Garcia was my guy, Sebastian Fundora. Oh, this guy's my new faves. 6'6", 154. Also found out tonight because all I knew about him was that he was giant and skinny was, uh, he was born in West Palm beach. I didn't know that right here in our backyard. So, uh, I may have to reach out to the Fundora camp. Now he moved to California when he was nine. So it's not like, I don't think a lot of his fighting background happened down here, but I'd like to learn more about it. This guy was fun. Uh, he put a, a whooping on Habib Ahmed, just absolutely blistered him with some big shots, finished it in the second round. Um, as the coolest nickname I've ever heard, the Towering Inferno. <laughs> this dude is a, I mean, he's a, he's a star in the making. Was completely charming afterwards. The 20s, oh, I don't have my glasses. Whooped a guy's ass without his glasses. Adorable. So I love this guy. Sebastian Fundora. That was uh that was a, a, a great night by him as far as uh, his showing was concerned. Uh the only other thing I want to mention with the Fox broadcast, first of all, it's not a very good broadcast. Uh the the Fox broadcast. And I don't understand why PBC has this for Fox. I don't know why PBC doesn't just carry over the Showtime card, because I think the Showtime broadcast has always been top-notch with uh, with Custer, with Moro Ronaldo, with Al Bernstein, and now I guess they got Abner Mars because they fired Paulie Malinaji, but I've always found that to be a very good broadcasting card. I don't know why Fox went with their own uh, with their own crew, but my biggest gripe, first of all, my two biggest gripes are this. One, Lennox Lewis, he gives you nothing. It's just like, uh, it's, it's just like, uh, Ray Leonard on the on the Mike Tyson card where he's just you know he's barely in he's barely engaged in the fight you know he's he's got no opinions on anything just nothing you know and the other thing and I really think this is the weakest part of the of the broadcast for sure because I think Goosen does a good job 
uh, Brian Kenny. And I say this as somebody who really likes Brian Kenny and and and, and like him uh, as a as a guy in boxing, as a guy who talks about boxing, as a guy who I respect his knowledge of boxing. I like Brian Kenny. You know, the guy has been hosted. You know, would go at Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I respect Brian Kenny as a reporter. I respect him as a, a boxing pundit. He's not good at blow by blow. He's not. He stinks at it, quite frankly. Um, I, I just, it, it feels too much like he's trying to host, you know, Friday Night Fights or, you know, Boxing Tonight on ESPN or his own podcast. Like, he goes about it in this style where, like, they're having a debate almost every round. And it's just like, bro, you're not, you know, Brian Kennedy, you know, I think he even does good talk shows. You're not doing a radio show. You're not doing. Uh, you're not. You're not setting up debate. And he feel like he's always setting up debate. And so I'm watching this fight, and I'm watching the rounds go by. And so like I think Danny Garcia is having a good round, but they're debating what's already happened the last three rounds. And he's like challenging Goosen and 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 like uh, you know, not you know trying to like engage. And it's just like. Well, all right, man, but, this, you know, this isn't the barbershop right now. We should be, like, talking about what's happening here. And so I would think, like, immediately, as soon as whenever Lampley, Jim Lampley is out of no-compete jail, whenever he's allowed to be scooped up, whenever Jim Lampley is a free agent and that can, they got to go hop on that because Brian Kenny put him on the desk, uh, put him as, put him as a, as, as a reporter, uh, or even, you know what, even have Brian Kenny there is almost in like, uh, the Max Kellerman role. I think they would be better off putting like Lampley with Brian Kenny and Goosen as like their, uh, and Brian Kenny almost as an analyst, but him as a blow by blow guy, you know, sometimes I think like they just say, oh, this guy's been around boxing for a long time. They're good at it or they'll no, nah, like, he's not, he's not, he doesn't, he's so poor at like telling me what's happening because I'm sitting here and I'm almost like wanting to put the fight on mute because they're not talking about anything that's happening. They're like recapping what had happened three rounds beforehand. And you know, they're just not in the midst of it. Like even afterwards, he was like debating four, four rounds, four rounds for, for Danny Garcia. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, he probably won four rounds, Brian. Uh, you wouldn't know that because you were, you know, missing. And then he was like getting crazy with the copy box. Just, I don't know, man. I just thought it, I thought it was a, it was a, a bad job by him tonight. And, and if we do end up getting Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence, I hope that they have the ESPN crew because that, 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 that crew blows this crew out of the water. So that's my last thought on the, uh, the, the, uh, the fights for last night. As far as the box was concerned, UFC last night was on fire. Um, Hell of a card, Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori ended up getting in the win. Wins the unanimous decision over Jack Hermanson. Big win for him at middleweight. Um, you know, for him, it was a late swap. Remember, this was supposed to be uh, Kevin Holland was supposed to be fighting Jack Hermanson. Rona issues. He's now fighting Jacare Souza. So Jack Hermanson, uh, tough loss for him. That's a couple in a row now for the Joker, who we saw in the last card that was down here in the infamous press conference. Dan, have you been pressing the South crowd tonight? Uh, he's now lost two out of three, excuse me. He lost to, uh, he's lost to Jared Cannonier, lost via TKO. He's lost to Marvin Vittori via unanimous decision. Um, so he's two and two in his last, uh, his last fights where he's really entered contendership, but Marvin Vittori, who 
you know, one of the things that he's got is he's got a very close fight with Israel Adesanya to his resume. So getting a win like this, uh, I think really puts him, uh, you know, really have people focusing on who could possibly be a top contender. He's in that mix now. So a huge win for him. But the rest of them, I mean, it was finished city for the rest of this card. I mean, it was crazy tonight. You had, uh, you had Jamal Hill getting a win over Ovin St. Prue, getting a TKO up against the cage. You had Gabriel Benitez, uh, solarplex knee, knee right to the body to Justin Janes. Uh, vicious. You had uh, Jordan Levitt. This was the night. I think this was probably the moment of the night. Jordan Levitt in his UFC debut slamming Matt Wyman. KO via slam. Uh, that, I think, has to be moment of the night. That one's going to be the one that's viral all night. We're going to be seeing If you don't see a lot of slam knockouts, as vicious as it gets, Matt Wyman was not getting up from this one. Huge, uh, huge performance by him. And, yeah, just a, just a fun night. A lot of finishes all around on this card uh, setting up for next week. Uh, the big thing out of the UFC, though, as far as news I want to get to, uh, the news this week, Yoel Romero, he is done with the company. He was, uh, they parted ways, and they have, uh, that was a bit of a shock to me. One, because it's not that Yoel is, you know, I know Yoel, if you go and you look up his record, you know, people can say, oh, he's lost four out of five. That's, you know, uh, you know, it's not like he's, been lighting the earth on fire but first of all i mean he's lost four to five he's been a top title contender now for basically what is it the last three four years of his career uh he's been fighting the best of the best he's been a you know the middleweight that he's been the only middleweight that i'm aware of that people have active openly said they don't want to fight that guy outside of israel adesanya um and so yeah it, it struck me as odd that his run came to an end um, was there some negotiation problem there? Was, uh, was there, uh, something shady that we didn't know about, but what ended up happening was, uh, Dana White explained this after the fight card is that, yeah, they're going to end up cut, cutting something like 60 fighters after or before the new year. And that they have, a, he mentioned this, la, I think last week is that their roster is very, very bloated right now. And so they just looked upon it as an odds thing. Like Yoel, is 44 years old, he's lost four out of five, and is there a real path for him to do anything great? I guess that's debatable right now. I mean, I don't think Yoel's going to go up to 205 uh, anytime soon. But yeah, it's a tough, I can get it. It's a tough argument for putting him up the top because you have the chance, he lost a championship fight, wasn't a very good championship fight. Um, you know, he's lost to Robert Whitaker twice, even though, very close. I mean, razor, razor thin fights. Uh, you know, has had some misses at championship weight, all that type of stuff. So once hearing the explanation from Dana, you know, it doesn't seem like it's uh, that complicated. They're just in a, you know, they're in a rough, I guess, financial spot. You know, look, everybody is. So you get that. I think the interesting thing, though, is uh, where does Joel go from here? My initial guess, and this is just a guess, I don't have any intel on this, uh, but my initial reaction when I saw the news on Saturday was I thought that he was going to end up at BKFC. Um, I think that is management, BKFC, they seemingly have a really good relationship. You know, they just struck the Paige Van Zandt deal recently. 
A lot of hobnobbing that was going on at the last Miami event. Yoel was at the last event. He was taking pictures with the fans. He was cage side. Not cage side. Square circle side, I guess I should call it. Uh, So if I had to guess, and this was my immediate reaction, because I saw Errol Helwani put up a poll. He's like, oh, where do you want to see Yoel go next? Bellator, one, uh, PFL, or Ryzen? And... I was surprised that uh, BKFC wasn't even up there because, you know, they've kind of, you know, they've gone to that pool before they got uh, Tiago Alves recently fought. He's also represented the same uh, by the same people down here. So my initial guess is y'all is going to go to BKFC. I actually think it's a pretty cool place for him. I think that he's a great personality. Uh, They don't really have any, I'm trying to think like, do they have a huge Latin star right now? Not really. Uh, you know, so they've been doing fights down here. You can bring that, the, the, the crowd that you all brings down here, I think would be a, a monstrous. I think they also, I, I, I've had Dave Feldman on before. He said that his dream signing would be a, a Jorge Masvidal, Jorge and Yoel. They're like <laughs> thick as Steve. So if, if George's run, if they are doing cuts and George's run does come to an end of the UFC at any point, uh, and he can make a free agency move. I'm sure that they would throw a ton of money at Jorge Masvidal. Um, you know, so it's good to to put those inroads and those relationships there early. So that was my uh, initial reaction. One, I was I was shocked because it's just the caliber of fighter that he is. I don't really care what his record is. You know, Joel Romero is an absolute beast. Nobody likes taking him on. Um, you know. Everybody for the longest thought that he was on the juice. He's the only guy, to my knowledge, he's the only fighter that has on record a court ruling that has uh, a supplement company that's in debt to him for $27 million. Now, whether he sees a dime of that, I don't know. But that says something to me. Like, if for everybody who wants to point the finger at juicers and cheaters and all that stuff, this guy took a supplement company to court and a, a judge ruled that they owe him $27 million. So he's an absolute freak. Um, and I just think he's a great personality. He's one of my favorite guys I've ever gotten to interview uh, in this in this whole scope of things. Obviously, the Miami connection, is it, it looms large for me too. So uh, I hope Yoel uh, lands with somebody great. I think that uh, whoever gets him is going to get a great addition to their company. And I don't even, you know, people were like, oh, you got to go on there and you got to rip Dana White. Um, when I heard Dana's explanation, I didn't think that, it warrants ripping, you know, you know, guys, I, I will rip Dana White if it comes down to it, but, um, I get it. I get it. You know, they're, they're not in the, you know, and he's even made this clear, you know, they're not in the old man game right now. They're trying to, you know, find the young stars. And I think for the UFC, Joel is not that. And so the, cause I think it's the best, let's just talk about the best case scenario. It would be for y'all. What does he do? Step in on late notice, win the belt and has what one more title fight. So, you know, I, I think it sucks because it's an unceremonious ending to his career with the UFC for a guy I think has been a really good fighter. And, it, you know, you put it black and white, always lost four out of five. But we know how close those fights have been. It's not like he's got he, he you know, we saw Anderson Silva. He hasn't won a fight since 20 damn, you know, 2012 legitimately. That hasn't been a no contest or uh, a, a, a sketchy decision, like cleanly looked like that, like he's won. And they kept him on the roster. Uh, you know, Cowboy. Cowboys had numerous losing streaks. 
they kept him on the roster. You know, Yoel, all right, hard times. You lose four out of five, but I mean, you know, the Paulo. First of all, the Israel fight, weird. Not a great fight. Not a blowout. Uh, Paulo Costa, I thought was a lot closer than a lot of people did. Uh, the Robert Whitaker fights as close as they get. So bums me out. Bums me out that he's not in the UFC anymore. But I do think that there's going to be a good home for him. So that makes me happy because uh, I, I feel like. Unlike Anderson Silva, where it seems like nobody wants to touch him with a ten foot pole, I think that uh, I think Romero will will find a uh, a home and find a good home after this. We'll take a quick break. We're back with more after this. Welcome back, everybody. Funnish Fury back here with you on Seven Ninety the Ticket. We roll on here on the show. A lot of news to get to from this week. Uh, very cool to see this week that Clarissa Shields officially signed on with PFL. Uh, I think that's a cool maneuver for Clarissa. Uh, I think that she's going to be really good in this mixed martial arts thing. She is done. I think, you know, what she did in boxing already was, uh, was pretty crazy as far as racking up titles, the way that she did. Uh, the one thing that's going to be interesting though, is there's not, uh, uh, you know, they just did this with, with, uh, with Kayla Harrison with it. And, and I know that she's, uh, that Clarissa has done some stuff down here in South Florida and has hung out with people there about American top team and, uh, has hung out with Kayla Harrison, former uh, fellow Olympian. The one thing that I think is interesting is uh, is what her weight class is going to end up being, but I think that it's good that she goes to PFL, a place that has had a 155-er in the past. Uh, Clarissa has gone down to go get belts before at 154, so I think that's a, that's a good thing that she'll be at a place that has harbored somebody like that. Um, I gotta say, like, listen, I don't know squat from squat, but I saw her, I saw John Jones tweeted out a video of her, uh, working out Jackson Wink, hitting the pads, throwing some kicks in there. Thought she looked good. Thought she looked really good. Obviously her hands are as sharp as hell. Um, but I thought she looked real good. I thought she looked really good. I think it's good where, you know, she mentions this thing about boxing, uh, being sexist and that, you know, that they, uh, they don't give the fair shake to women, you know, that if she was as recognizable as she is in her sport, she would be making millions of dollars compared to some of the other guys. I don't, you know, I, I will say the UFC, as far as inclusivity, inclusivity, is that the word I'm looking for? As far as like women being on the equal playing field, as far as platform is concerned, I don't know if there's a better sport in the in the world, man. Maybe you could argue uh, women's soccer, U.S. women's soccer. We've already heard some of the nightmares that they've had to deal with, with as far as what our bum-ass men's team gets paid compared to what they get paid. Um, you know, we got a card. They got the pay-per-view card coming up next week. Three of the four prelims on ESPN are are, are, are women's cards. Um, women have headlined pay-per-view, and you don't even bat an eye at it. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. What, who's 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 headlining today? Valentina? So I think it's a great place for, her. I think uh, with boxing, like, listen, I love boxing. I can name like four women's boxers and that's because I've interviewed all of them. Uh, you know, it's, it, they got two minute rounds. They argue, you know, they argue, oh, you guys only fight two minute rounds. You guys don't deserve the full pay. It's like, all right, well, who determined that it's only two minute rounds? Like, what is this anarchy? Cause in the UFC, uh, they're fighting five minute rounds. That's kind of weird. So that's a strange one to begin with. And then just the idea that, uh, you know, 
they just get the the prominent placement on the UFC cards. Like it's not a big deal. Like nobody looks upon and be like, oh, that's oh, we got a car that's headlined by Amanda Nunes. That's kind of that sucks. Nobody thinks that. Like you just you go about the card and the card is what it is. So I think it's gonna be great for Clarissa. I think it's awesome. Um and I'm glad that she's in mixed martial arts. I think it's I think it's cool. I think that uh, you know, people are already, oh, what about the ground game? Dude, I mean, you know, this is uh this is an Olympian. This is a woman who's still in the prime of her athletic career. I honestly think it's smart. I think she's done all there is to do in boxing. I think Holly Holm, she didn't have the credentials of Holly Holm. Uh, I mean, uh, Holly Holm didn't have the, excuse me. Holly Holm did not have the credentials of her. And, you know, look what Holly did. Holly was able to, as the biggest underdog ever, knock out Ronda Rousey with a head kick and really has been one of the most recognizable UFC athletes out there. I mean, Holly's headlined a ton of, UFC fight nights, she's headline pay-per-views, um, you know, and is not somebody who, you know, had the ground game or any of that type of stuff. She learned all of that stuff, and uh, you know, going to Jackson Wink, getting some work there, I don't know if that'll end up being a permanent home, but it's a great place for her to start. So, uh, you know, shout out to Clarissa Shields. I'm glad that she's there, and I think it's going to be a great addition. Uh, other news and notes from this week, we had uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, Still some Fugazi, like, uh, GSP rumblings that are maybe out there. I saw that his trainer was tweeting out GSP. Um, Dana's supposedly going to have a talk with him. He keeps promising this talk. Now, the news that you, that Khabib actually came out with was that he's coming up with this feeder league. He's going to do a developmental league that he hopes to feed to the UFC, much like we have down here locally with uh, Titan FC. A lot of guys from Titan are getting fed to the Dana White Contender Series, and some of them are even moving on to get to the UFC. Actually, quite frankly, a lot of guys are moving on to uh, to the UFC. So that's great for Khabib. You know, good for him. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, you know that ends up being something that he's uh, he's really interested in, and 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 uh, he remains happy with that. Speaking of new leagues, Snoop Dogg is got a league coming out. He is going to be doing the uh, the Snoop Dogg Fight Club uh, with the people of Triller. I'm a little skeptical of this because one of the things is anytime there's a new league, everybody says they're going to come in, they're going to change boxing. Um, they never do. And you don't have, you don't get to play the Mike Tyson card at all points. So I, I do worry that you get this false sense of security. Oh, I'm Snoop. Everybody loved me on the Mike Tyson card. And it's like, yeah, well, it was two 55-year-olds fighting and a YouTuber fighting an NBA star Snoop. We weren't exactly taking our boxing seriously. Or me, I just set a set a blaze a boxing lifer last segment and Brian Kenny. I thought he was terrible last night. So if it's a serious boxing card, I don't know if I want Snoop on. Like, I really wouldn't have loved Snoop on the call tonight for Errol Spence versus uh versus Danny Garcia. Although I maybe I would have liked it more than Brian Kenny now that I may have boxed myself in. But the point is, uh, I don't want Snoop getting to the because I do love I did love him, but I don't want him in the. Uh, the camp of thinking, oh, I could do this. I could be the next Jim Lampley. I'm Snoop. Uh, you know, all right. You know, you, you sing hymns when uh, when when uh, Nate Robinson gets a highlight knockout. You're awesome. What happens when I need you to kind of breathe over 12 rounds and, you know, give me some content? So we'll see. Um, and look, the Mike Tyson card did monster numbers. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the reports were 1.2 million, maybe more. 
Um, I think it's a positive thing. I don't think this is a bad thing for boxing. You know, some people are like, oh, it's embarrassing that boxing hasn't built a star like this, uh, which, first of all, isn't true. I mean, the welterweight division with Manny and Floyd was on fire like this like crazy. These days, could they be? I, I suppose that's a, a, another question for another day. I know that if, if Floyd Mayweather fought tomorrow, he'd get those numbers. Um, certain opponent for Manny could get some numbers like that. Uh, what's a hope? Like, let's say, what's a current fight right now that could do over a million? Could Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence do that? Um, man, I would think if they do it right, they should be able to. Now, they're not the biggest talkers in the world, uh, but they both got great stories. They would have two networks to promote it. Now, so did, now here's the thing. So did Deontay Wilder and so did Tyson Fury. Those guys are as good on camera as it gets, as good on interviews as it gets. They're both heavyweights and they still were only able to crawl that with a re with a rematch, with a controversial rematch, if you will, and still couldn't get it to a million. So could these guys, you know, Errol's done a couple of, uh, he's done a couple of pay-per-views where he's gotten to 300K. Uh, you know, Terrence has done big numbers on ESPN. I feel like this is a type of fight that could have, you know, you could have guests on every single month for ESPN debating it. Stephen A fighting with Teddy Atlas, classic like that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible, but I do think it's a challenge knowing of what I know about the current day and age and, and, and see what some of the other current day guys have done. Um, Canelo could Canelo do a million He's on DAZN right now. So it's a little weird on how we judge that. Um, I think if, I think if he were to fight Charlo, if he were to fight, um, triple G again, um, Although I don't think number two, I think number two did worse. So I don't think that hit a million. Fought Errol Spence. I don't think it does a million. I honestly think Terrence Crawford has a better chance to do a million than Canelo. I really do. And I just think that there's just more debate there. I think you, you get the, the highly contested thing that goes between both of them. Um, with Canelo, like you, you kind of just throw it out of the sky. They're not going to talk trash to each other. They don't speak the same language. There's no real legacy on the line for Canelo. His legacy is set. So all of the gain is there for Errol. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that does a million plus. Um, and then the other big one is Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. <sighs> I think that could touch a million. I think that could touch a million. Um, the thing that's tough about it, though, is it's it's two British fighters. And so Britain has a weird method with their pay-per-views like their pay-per-views are like 20 bucks over there it's like nothing to get a pay-per-view in england so the numbers aren't the same as they are over here as far as that's concerned and the money's not the same um you know something they, the, the build-up has to be crazy like they almost think they have to fight it the next i think they would have to like start a brouhaha and and aj's fighting next week he's fighting kubrat pulev next week um, and I know that Eddie Hearn said that he wants Tyson Fury to be there. Hopefully, you see, this is the thing. If Tyson Fury is there, though, I'll give the Brits this. If Tyson Fury is there, they're bringing Tyson Fury into the ring to promote that fight against AJ. They're not doing the whole ignoring him thing. I give them credit for that. You know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll allow shenanigans to take part. 
The idea that they missed the boat on that with 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 Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford tonight, you're leaving money on the table. Like I think it's unforgivable. They would be talking about it all week. All week, I feel like it would be on all the all the talk shows. I feel like first takes talking about it. Not Monday, Monday, obviously everybody's gonna be talking to NFL, but you're gonna get national segments if those two are are face to face. And now it's just like that was a, it was a solid win by Errol Spence. Not one I can critique. I thought it was I thought it was a good win by him. You know, Gus for him to take on somebody so hard after getting uh, after basically cheating death. But it could have been a much bigger night. It could have been a much bigger night, and they missed an opportunity there. Billy Joe Saunders, speaking of Canelo, he called out Canelo Alvarez after beating Martin Murray this week. Um, shut him out. I think it's a tough matchup for Canelo. i got to be honest with you. I think Billy Joe Saunders uh, presents some issues. I would like to see Billy Joe, though. I would like to see him fight Demetrius Andrade. Uh, those two were supposed to fight. Billy Joe had a, a PED test that popped up. Uh, Demetrius is the WBO middleweight champion. I would like to see him come up and fight for Billy Joe's super middleweight championship. And I would like to see those two square off because of the beef that they had, because of the fight dropping out. feel like it has good drama. Um, Canelo's got the Callum Smith fight coming up in a, in a few weeks. And for me, I think that uh, I think that there are other op- there are other options I'd be more into than him fighting Billy Joe Saunders. So that's where I th- that's where I lie on that. Before we get out of here, uh, some thoughts on next week. You got UFC 256. Davidson Figueiredo is taking on Brandon Moreno for the flyweight championship. First of all, I think it's very cool that Davidson is fighting. Uh, you know, on this short of notice, both of them are really. They both fought on the last uh, pay per view card. He's headlining back. What I said about you know the women headlining pay per views. How flyweight uh, headliner back to back pay per views. That's pretty cool. Um, he's been a force though. He's been a storm as the as the flyweight champion. So you got to give props to to Figueiredo for that. Uh, the other big thing on this, we got the return of Tony Ferguson as he fights Charles Oliveira. That's a dangerous fight, man. That's a that's a that's a great fight. Charles Oliveira is no joke. Dude has been on a roll. He's won what one? He's won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights in a row for Charles Oliveira. He has been finishing, and there are seven straight finishes for him. He's an absolute monster. And Tony Ferguson's no joke, too. I think this is gonna be interesting for Tony because Tony's coming off the loss to Justin Gaethje. First loss he's had in forever. Uh, obviously, it was under weird circumstances with COVID and him doing the double weight cut, all that type of weird stuff. So what type of Tony Ferguson are we going to get? I think he comes out two ways. One is, you know, Tony Ferguson is going to have to do some real soul searching if he doesn't come out of this. I think it's a big fight for Tony. If he wins it, uh, all this talk of who should be the guy getting a title shot in Khabib's absence or next should all be erased. Uh, Tony, for, for, like, for example, if, if, uh, Habib does come back and Tony wins this next week, we have a real option. We really could make Tony versus Habib again. Now people may be scared to do that because it's cursed, but if he wins and he beats Charles Oliveira, he definitely should be front in line. I don't care about Connor versus Dustin right now. Uh, now the, the, the real path should be if Khabib isn't coming back, whoever wins this and whoever wins 
if if Tony wins, more so if Tony wins this, and Connor and Dustin, whoever wins that, those two square off title fight for the vacant lightweight title. But if Habib comes back, Tony wins. Tony should move and fight Habib for the belt. If he doesn't come back, he should still. If he wins this fight, he's right back in line for the title. All this talk about, you know, Justin Gaethje should be right in there. Justin Gaethje had a shot at the title. I don't understand why this is so. You know, everybody wants to vault Justin Gaethje up uh, up front like that. It's like we also Justin Gaethje had his crack at the belt. He lost. You know, he doesn't get another crack at the belt just because he's awesome. I think he has to win a fight. So Tony's going about it. He gets a chance to win a fight. He should go right back up there. So I'm looking forward to that. Big, big card coming up next week. I think he gets it done. I'm not gonna uh I'm not jumping off the Ferguson bandwagon, El Kakui, just because of uh one tough loss under tough circumstances to an absolute badass and Justin Gaethje. Even though Oliveira's been a wrecking machine. But I'm gonna go with Tony to get the win. And I'll say Figueiredo keeps it rolling too. That will be my picks for the main and co-main. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week on Fighters Fury. Bonus podcast segment here, everybody. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, you're the podcast audience, so you uh, you make a note to get this every single week, so I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, I don't know. I, I generally am torn on this. Normally, I'll talk about any fight, no matter what, anything in the fight world. Um, I'm happy to talk about it. And I, and I, I don't want to be dismissive of this because I don't want to be that guy because I'll talk about any freak show. I love fight pot. I almost like fight press conferences more than I like fights. But I, I'm genuinely uh, interested in what the audience has to say about this. So Jake Paul, all right, what do you guys want me to do with this? Like, do you want me to keep covering Jake Paul uh, and and his walk of life into fighting? Now, and what I mean by that is, like, for example, this week when Jake Paul says, I am on the path to fight Conor McGregor. I want to fight the next three guys, and, you know, I, you know, it's my destiny to fight Conor McGregor. Jake Paul, maybe he will fight Conor McGregor one day. Maybe Conor's just like, F it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do to him what Floyd did to me. I'll take a big fat check to fight somebody I'm way better than. So... Do you guys want me to cover that stuff in the pod uh, on the show in general? I'd probably still mention it flippantly like on, you know, Tobin and Leroy. But as far as the fight podcast is concerned, do you care? I mean, listen, I've talked to Jake Paul before. I had Jake Paul on before his fight here at Super Bowl week. And if Jake Paul is end up fighting Dylan Dennis, you know, we'll probably end up talking about that. But I'm saying, like, do you want me to cover Jake Paul quotes as though they're serious, uh, or do you not give a rat's ass? So uh, you guys can get at me a bunch of ways. You guys can DM me uh, on Instagram at at Brendan underscore Tobin. You guys can get me, just hit me with an at on Twitter, at Brendan underscore Tobin. Uh, comment, uh, on, you know, you guys can hit, hit me on email um, with, uh, you know, boxton at the ticketmiami.com. You can email me there. So I just I kind of wanted to get everybody's scope of that because I know like I saw Jake Paul get interviewed this week by ESPN. ESPN's doing stuff to get clicks. I'm not saying I would turn down a Jake Paul interview. I've done like I said I've done the Jake Paul interview thing before, but I've also said I feel like everything he does is a work. So, but I see it's like a, it's like on the top headlines of fight news this week on ESPN. I'm just like, 
So we're doing this now. We're doing the Jake Paul thing. But if the people want it, the people want it. So, um, like I said, if Jake Paul fights somebody for real, like if, let's say, for example, if Jake Paul ends up fighting Dylan Danis, <coughs> we'll end up watching it. We'll end up covering it. But do you really want me to be covering it? Oh, my God, Jake Paul challenged Conor McGregor to a fight. Like, I don't feel like there's anything anywhere to go from there. So just my final thoughts today on the podcast. A little bonus clip for the podcast, people. You let me know what you think. Again, Twitter, Instagram, Apernet underscore Tobin. Hit me there. Or you can email boxedin at theticketmiami.com. And uh, we can get you there as well. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.